What's good? You already know who it is, and if you don't know who it is, it's your man Leon Benson, aka Leon Genesis, aka your mom's favorite personal trainer, aka Let's Get It, aka Let's Work, aka Always Working, aka Dietrich Thompson in the building. What it do? We back at it again, man. This is episode. 102 season three of the passion purpose perspective podcast by yours truly we out here we working baby it's sunday fun day it's june 5th 2022 man feeling good feeling great uh did a six mile run this morning i don't remember what my time was but it's all good Um, Last episode, we talked about improving your running ability. Um, And then we also broke down whether the economy is at risk and some other details in terms of finance. So if you want to go back to episode 101, you can go ahead and check that out and get some tidbits from there. Um, So, yeah, first off, I'm just going to start with a disclaimer, which I haven't done in a while, but... um, Disclaimer, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I don't know anything about anything. Um, I just speak about things that I'm interested in, things that I'm passionate about, um, or things that I'm currently doing uh, research on or have experienced. That being said, let's get into it. Um, Starting off with the fitness portion of the episode, of course, um, I want to talk about pre- and post-workout nutrition. So... Uh, in the past, when I was like extremely active as a personal trainer, a lot of people always would ask me like, you know, what should I eat before I work out um, or what things can I eat after I work out? And of course, if you Google any of this kind of stuff, there's millions of articles at this point, probably literally millions of articles online about what to eat before you work out and what to eat after you work out. Um, so I'm not really going to give like too many tips or tactics, but I am going to speak on my own experience, uh, with pre and and post-workout nutrition. So I keep it super duper simple. I don't like to overcomplicate my life. I don't like to overcomplicate my workout routines. Um, and I definitely don't like to overcomplicate my pre and post-workout nutrition. So it's very, very simple. Before I work out, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. So there are currently at the moment, there are mm, one to three things that I will eat every single time before I work out. So if I'm starving and I know that I'm not going to have enough energy to push through, um, an intense workout, I'm going to have a hard-boiled egg. And I'm going to put garlic salt all over that egg. And I'm going to enjoy it after I nuke it in the microwave for about 17 seconds. 16 and a half seconds to be exact. Um, from there, if I don't feel like eating an egg because of the peeling process, I will then go into the cupboard. I will grab one or two pieces of whole wheat bread honey whole wheat bread and i will either eat it plain with nothing on it 
or I will put some crunchy peanut butter on it. Um, I said two to three, but honestly, those are the main two things that I will eat pre-workout. So before my workout, hard-boiled egg with um, garlic salt. I will put it in the microwave, like I said, for 16 and a half seconds. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, one or two pieces of bread, either plain or with crunchy peanut butter. I don't measure, as far as peanut butter, I don't measure tablespoons or none of that. I just cover the bread. I cover one side of the bread with the peanut butter. That's my measurement. So I don't know how many tablespoons that could be, but I'm sure it's more than what, you know, a top-notch trainer would suggest. Especially even with just regular wheat bread. They probably would suggest like 12 grain or something like that. Or Ezekiel bread. I don't do none of that. Chill. We don't got time for that. I do regular ass bread um, and regular ass crunchy peanut butter. Um, so, yeah. Now, there are obvious reasons why you should eat before you train and after you train. Um, but let me get into post-workout nutrition. So, typically, um, because I already talked about what I eat before I work out. What do I eat after I work out? So, after I train, honestly... Most of the time, I'm not hungry. So I won't eat for like an hour, maybe two hours, sometimes even three hours. It just depends on what else I'm working on after I finish training. Because, yeah, when I get into like a creative space or when I'm studying, usually it just distracts me from eating. But anyway, um, it's, yeah, what I eat post-workout is it can be very random as far as like you know, following nutritional guidelines and all that. Um, like I said before, I'm a simple guy, so I try to keep it simple. I might do some cereal. Typically, I like to do generic cinnamon toast crunch from Walmart. I don't measure my servings. If I'm really, really hungry, I'm going to fill the bowl all the way to the top. If I'm like, you know... If I'm just at a moderate level of hunger, all right, I'm going to fill it like half or less than half. Um, I do 2% milk. Uh, don't really know why, but um, yeah, I used to drink whole milk and then I went to 2% for whatever weird reason. Um, I don't really like anything outside of 2% milk at this point because like lactate milk is kind of, it's too thin. 1% is too, like, watery looking. And also, it has a really distinct taste that I don't like. Um, Fat-free, same thing. It has, like, a weird, distinct taste. So, I stick with 2%. And that's that. Not the greatest thing in the world, but whatever. Um, should I be drinking almond milk or soy milk or lactate milk? Yeah, but I don't. Um, because I figure I burn enough calories in a day, um, to negate some of those extra calories from the milk. And if anything, it can help me just with the amount of work that I do in terms of training, or even if I train and, you know, have a res regular work day that day. So yeah, man, um, cereal is one of the things I'll eat. Um, I might do some chicken and vegetables, I might do some some ground turkey and vegetables. I might even add some rice in there, some white jasmine rice. No, I don't like brown rice anymore. 
Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. If I'm really feeling wacky, like I will eat some wild stuff. Like, but but it, yeah, I have like cheat days and all that stuff. But I don't really schedule cheat days anymore. Um, when I when I feel the need to eat junk food, I eat junk food. Um, when I feel like I need to eat healthy, I eat healthy. Um, I'm not like I said, I'm not into like measuring things or counting calories or none of that. Um, I know my body. I've been training for a long time. Um, I've gone through several different diet phases. So I know what to eat to, to get my body right, to get it lean, to get it functioning at optimum levels internally. Um, especially when it comes to the fuel that I give to my body. But yeah, man, I keep it super simple, but I still try to eat things that I like. Um, I'm not really into cooking like that. So I don't make too many things as far as like super nutritious, you know, uh, recipes or anything like that here and there. Yeah. Like, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I made a frittata, um, egg frittata shout out to Gordon Ramsay, man. Um, I used one of his recipes. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so basically it was just egg and vegetables. That's it. And it was so good. You bake it, you, 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 uh, it was like eight eggs. You put in some of your veggies. I had like red peppers, um, I had scallions, which are kind of like green onions almost. Um, what else did I put in? I put in some goat cheese and some Parmesan cheese. Boom. Whipped everything up, put everything into a, a pan, baked it until it was ready. And we enjoyed it. It was amazing. Um, lasted for like two days. It was like two days worth. It was so good. Um, so, yeah, that's something healthy that you can put together. Um, but, yeah, man. Yeah, with the with the pre-workout, nutrition, post-workout, like I said, I keep it very, 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 very simple. Um, if I'm really trying to cut or get lean or really just eliminate some body fat around my stomach area, around the abdominal area, I'll start eating like um, I'll start eating like maple oatmeal. I don't do the the regular dried oats. Um, I don't do the regular Quaker. I literally do the prepackaged uh, maple maple. Uh, what the hell is it? Yeah, just the maple brown sugar. Yeah, some people they they're not into that because they like oh well you get extra calories from the sugar this and that blah blah blah. Um, like I said, man, I, I try to keep it simple. I don't want to make, I'm not into making regular ass oatmeal in a pot. Um, no, not that there's a huge difference from a pot and a bowl in a microwave, but yeah, it's just, to me, it's more work. So I buy the packets, the flavored packets at that. Um, so yeah, but anyway, um, as far as today i literally just did a grocery uh haul i went to the grocery store so i've been feeling kind of disgusting internally so i gotta step it up from a nutritional aspect i've been eating a lot of bs i've been eating a lot of pizza been eating a lot of cookies um been eating ice cream um and just increased my portions as of late because i wanted to just enjoy life in terms of food i didn't want to stress over you know, what I was eating and how I was looking and all that because it gets really irritating. So yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to clean it up a little bit. Um, I just got some grapes, uh, some seedless green grapes. 
I bought some granola, bought some uh, strawberry Greek yogurt. Uh, what else did I get? And then I just got like a little small bag of uh, mixed veggies. I'm going to add that to uh, some ground turkey, uh, which I eat ground turkey four days a week. And then typically I'll have uh, either chicken or fish for dinner. So it could be tilapia, it could be salmon. Um, pretty much those are the only two fishes that I that I eat most of the time. And then um, I have some shrimp every now and then. I also bought some whole wheat wraps. So I'm going to make a lot of wraps uh, for the next two weeks. So I'll, I'll add spinach to the wraps. Um, I'll add shrimp. I'll saute some shrimp and cook them. And then um, I've got a big ass bag of tilapia. So yeah, sometimes I might even like cook up some tilapia, chop it up, put it inside of a wrap. Um, because again, making wraps is so much more convenient. Um, so yeah, man, that is um, as far as my personal nutritional, you know, uh, regimen. Those are some of the things I eat consistently all the time. Um, but yeah, especially now I'm just, I'm trying to clean it up a little bit cause I've been going crazy. Um, I'm still going to eat junk food, um, because I love it. I'm just going to minimize the amount of junk food that I eat on a daily basis just to kind of clean up internally. So yeah, man, just adding things like spinach, adding things like, you know, uh, just healthy wraps. Um, obviously keeping in the lean proteins but yeah as far as like pre-workout like i said man hard-boiled egg i do or i usually eat like uh one or two pieces of bread um i may or may not put peanut butter i may or may not put jelly or jam on that it just depends on how i'm feeling in that moment um i don't like to eat a lot of food uh before i train because it just gets in the way, it weighs me down. My body starts digesting it. If I eat too much of it, I'm just gonna feel super sluggish. So a lot of times too, um, I will often just train fasted or not even necessarily fasted, but I will train and use the food that I ate the night before as fuel for the workout that day. So yeah, and then post-workout, like I said, it's I'm all over the place with it, but there's a few staples. So if it isn't some, generic cinnamon toast crunch with two percent milk then it might be rice and chicken or chicken and vegetables or fish and vegetables um yeah and then sometimes it's junk food so yeah and then i don't know if i mentioned it but i also got some i bought some uh some plain salted rice cakes um because yeah man like i said i'm trying to get back on the grind on uh, the nutritional grind um so yeah and um, I'm just going to intensify my training. So with that, it makes me want to improve my eating a little bit more. But yeah, I've done a lot, not a lot of weight cuts, but I've done a few weight cuts, uh, you know, and I just don't like that feeling of constantly being hungry all the time. You're so depleted and low on energy. And that's why I've just been eating pretty much whatever I want to eat. Um, I've just been watching my portions, but like I said, at the same time, I have been going kind of crazy, so I just want to dial it down a little bit um, and just increase the proper nutrition, adding in more of the veggies and fruits because the lean proteins is already there. That's an everyday thing. Um, so, yeah. And also, too, I'm a snacker, man. I love snacking, so that's why I got the rice cakes and the grapes and uh, the Greek yogurt as well. 
because at any time of the day, if I'm hungry, like I'll, I'll, I can eat like, you know, I can eat the most random stuff, you know, at any time of the day. Like I don't really do the whole traditional, oh, you got to eat, you know, breakfast foods in the morning and you got to eat like, you know, the lunch based style foods at lunch and the dinner to stop. No, like if I want some a burger in the morning, I'm gonna eat a burger in the morning. Like you feel me? Um, if I want cereal for dinner, I'm gonna eat cereal for dinner. Um, but yeah, sometimes you gotta have a little more discipline. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, I'm getting more disciplined. Back to my grind um, from a nutritional aspect, um, just to clean it up a little bit. Because yeah, sometimes you eat so much junk food and you walk around, you feel like shit. So I don't want to feel like shit. I want to feel good. I want to feel sharp. Um, and it's going to improve my training anyway. So, yeah, that's that's, you know, some of what I do as far as uh, pre-workout nutrition and post-workout nutrition. So if you want to follow that, you can follow that. Um, whatever works for you, do that. Um, and if you have no idea what to do, you can easily just Google different types of pre-workout uh, meals and post-workout meals. Because, yeah, I guess now everybody's an expert. Everybody has an opinion on everything. So you can easily find something that might work for, for your style and what you do. Um, but that is the fitness portion of the episode. Um, so, yeah, if you're not interested in what's coming right now, you can turn this off. Otherwise, let's get into the world of finance, the global economy, more so the domestic economy, a.k.a. the U.S. economy. Um and let's talk about what's been going on. So last episode, um, I spoke briefly about uh, is the economy at risk? At risk for, of what? At risk of collapsing or going into a recession? Um, and I only, I only asked that question last episode because that's what everybody seems to be talking about. Um, because now information, the information age is just, there's so much available information now that everybody has access to everything essentially so there's so many you know indicators and and just different signals and signs from the economy um from the work from the labor force uh you know whether it's unemployment or whatever um or just the employment rate in general or whether it's you know whatever the federal reserve is doing or not doing because you know there's youtube there's different type of video platforms now. We can see what they say. They broadcast, uh, you know, the Fed meetings and all of that. So, yeah, we're privy to what's going on. And now the chatter about, you know, a recession, it's just been gaining traction since about March. Maybe even before that. I don't really know. But that's when I noticed it, um, especially when the yield curve, curve inverted. Um. But, you know, just as far as like the bond talk, because when you hear about the Fed, you hear about monet uh, monetary easing uh, and monetary tightening uh, uh, of, of, you know, of the, of the money supply that's in and out of the economy via the Fed. And you hear a lot of talk about bonds, they're purchasing bonds or they're selling bonds. The Federal Reserve is purchasing, you know. $90 billion worth of bonds or selling $60 billion worth of bonds per month or whatever. And some people might not understand or know what the hell a bond is. So I want to kind of break down what a bond is. 
because that is some of what I've been studying for the last uh, few weeks. So I've got some notes here. Um, And this research is according to the Securities Institute of America Incorporated. So I'm going to explain what a bond is. So a bond is a loan to the issuer in exchange for its promise to repay the face amount of the bond, which is known as the principal amount at maturity. Most, but not all bonds, pay semi-annual interest payments during the bond's term. The semi-annual interest payments and any capital appreciation or depreciation at maturity represents the investor's return. Investors historically purchased bonds many years ago for their safety, depending on the type of bond, the credit quality of the bond, and depending on current interest rates and other variables. Um, Investors used to also purchase bonds to hedge their portfolios during downturns in equity markets. However, when interest rates change, so too does the current value of the bond. And then most bonds have a par value of $1,000. And then the terms as far as how long, how long until the bond's maturity date, that varies as well. It just depends on the type of bond. So that maybe was an overly complicated explanation of it. But basically, in layman's terms, when you purchase a bond, you are letting either a corporation or the government or a municipality borrow money. Um, And that corporation or that government or the municipality, in exchange for for borrowing that money that you gave them, they are supposed to promise you a return on your investment. And some of that return is going to be in the form of interest payments, which are semi-annually, meaning every six months. Um... And then ultimately, there is principal that you get at the end of the term. So you're going to get semi-annual interest payments on that bond. And you're also going to get the principal of the bond, which in this case, typically will be $1,000. So going back to my notes, uh, some bonds are extremely safe, like government bonds and some, some municipal bonds. And then there are some incredibly risky bonds like income and adjustment bonds, which are unsecured. And in terms of an income bond, the corporation has to generate enough income in order to back the bond um, so that they can pay the interest to the investor. And then some other risky bonds are junk bonds. Junk bonds are some of the riskiest because they have poor uh, poor credit ratings and they have a high probability of default. So they compensate by offering higher yields to investors. So junk bonds basically are created by newer companies, possibly even tech companies or startups. And obviously newer companies, they don't have as much legs. They don't have as much skin in the game so they're new to the world of finance and just to the world of bar, uh, of uh, yeah of borrowing money. So of course, if they're not generating a lot of income, a lot of revenue, there's a possibility that they can go out of business or um, 
And then, of course, if they go out of business, they can't pay you uh, based on the bond that you got from them, based on the money that you let them borrow. So that means that you default. If you default, that means you can't pay back the loan. Um, so that's what makes junk bonds uh, very risky. But that's also why they have the highest yield, a.k.a. the highest return on investment. Um, and then in general, bonds have ratings. So what companies will do is companies will pay to have their bonds rated by rating agencies, the S&P 500, or not the S&P 500, uh, the S&P, which is Standard & Poor's rating agency, and then Moody's rating agency. So the ratings, there's different levels. Basically, there's different grades. So there's investment grade bonds. Um, and then there's like intermediate level bonds. And then, like I just mentioned earlier, there's high yield junk bonds. So the actual grades for each bonds are, um, and this is in chronological order from the best to the worst. There's AAA. And then there's triple B and then there's double B and then there's BA and then lower. So if you're buying bonds, um, whether they're exchange traded bonds, whether they're corporate bonds, municipal bonds or government bonds, you want to be trying to buy triple A or triple B bonds because there's less of a chance that that company uh, or that the municipality or the government will default and not be able to pay you back. So, yeah, that's all of that kind of will give you a little bit of a better understanding of what's going on with the Federal Reserve as far as the bonds that they're buying, even though they're buying different types of bonds. So I'm going to kind of speak on the bonds that they're buying. The Federal Reserve is buying mortgage-backed securities, and treasury bonds. So treasury bonds are some of the safest bonds that you can purchase because typically they're backed by the government. Um, so yeah, that is why the Federal Reserve will be buying and selling treasury bonds, but they also buy mortgage-backed securities, which that could be a whole other episode in and of itself. But anyway, um, so yeah, when you hear about all the Fed talk, when you hear about quantitative easing and quantitative tightening, that is quantitative tightening is when the Fed will sell bonds. Quantitative easing is when the Fed will buy bonds and they'll also buy, like I said, mortgage backed securities and other various types of securities. And they buy these investment instruments in order to manipulate, manipulate interest rates while increasing or decreasing the supply of money, but also uh, they increase or decrease the cost of money via those interest rates, because really that's what interest rates are. Interest rates are pretty much the cost of capital. So yeah, and also the reason why the Fed will buy bonds is to keep inflation under control or to try to bring it down to normalized levels. And some of the research that I've been doing, um, it seems as though 
2% inflation is where the Federal Reserve is trying to get keep inflation at. That's like a more normalized rate of return uh, rate of inflation. When it's at 2%, the world, uh, the global economy can rejoice. The U.S. economy can rejoice, I guess. And money, I guess, is a little bit cheaper for corporations and investors alike. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much breaks down some of what bonds are and some of how they work. And before I get into the different types of bonds, um there is an inverse relationship between bond yields and bond prices and also just asset prices. So what that means is when yields go up on bonds, the price of those bonds go down. And also when interest rates go up, that makes stock uh, stocks go down because you get you get returns that the investments yield, and of course, when the, when the cost of money is higher, it's that makes it more expensive for businesses to borrow money, and businesses borrow a lot of money. They they buy a lot of bonds, um, and they also buy other investment vehicles. They buy equities. They buy. Uh, treasury bills and treasury notes and exchange traded notes um so when interest rates are higher it costs more money for them to borrow that money that makes the value of those businesses go down and if you own stock in those businesses you will see a decline in your portfolio and then of course when interest rates are lower then that makes most assets appreciate in value or go up in value um, especially when it comes to stocks. Stocks will will increase in value when interest rates are lower. Um, so that is the inverse relationship between yields, which is the return that you get on bonds, and then the price of those bonds and other assets. So just briefly, I'm going to name... Um, a list of bonds. So there's different types of bonds and there's two different categories. Well, technically three. Um, there's corporate bonds, there's municipal bonds, and then there's government bonds. So looking at the types of corporate bonds, and I'm not going to break down any of these right now. I'm just going to name them and then we'll go from there. So the, there's different types of corporate bonds. There are secured bonds, there are mortgage bonds, there are equipment trust certificates, there are collateral trust certificates, there are unsecured bonds, there are subordinated debentures, there are income and adjustment bonds, zero coupon bonds, guarantee bonds, convertible bonds, and then there are euro and Yankee bonds. Those are all the corporate bonds. Now there's a whole another category, which is the municipal bonds. So the various types of municipal bonds are general obligation bonds, revenue bonds, industrial development bonds, uh, industrial revenue bonds, lease rental bonds, special tax bonds, special assessment bonds, double barreled bonds, moral obligation bonds, 
new housing authority bonds, public and public housing authority bonds. Those are all of the municipal bonds, which are based on municipalities uh, or territories, aka states, different states that uh, that generate bonds and issue bonds. And then there's government bonds. And I only wrote down they have their treasury bonds uh, as far as like uh, bonds that the government will issue. And those bonds are the safest of all because, of course, they're backed by government. So, yeah, that is some of what a bond is, what 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 bonds are, how they work. Um, and just it kind of gives you an understanding of what's going on with the Federal Reserve. Um why they're buying these bonds, why they're selling these bonds. But again, going back to the Fed, the Fed mostly just buys treasury bonds and then they buy mortgage-backed securities, which is a different investment vehicle, um, which it's in the name. It's securities that are backed by mortgages. Um, so yeah, and as far as the list, the various categories of bonds and the, and all the bonds that I just named, there's so many different like uh, stipulations um, and just ways that they work. Some of these bonds um, are collateralized and some of them are not collateralized and they have different terms and they're affected by interest rates. Some of them are affected by um whether businesses make money or don't make money. I think I mentioned that earlier um, as well. But yeah, man, um, like I said, historically bonds, they used to be, they used to be a safe haven for investors, institutional investors and retail investors. But it seems now they are not what people thought they were. Unless you're really like, you know, just, looking at every single bond issue that practically exists and trying to find like mispriced bonds. Um, because you can do that. You can buy mispriced bonds the same as you can buy stocks and then they'll appreciate over time, assuming that the credit quality, um, and the rating is, is investment grade is top notch. Um, so yeah, bond investing is definitely a strategy that people still employ today. Um, it's just now, I think, I believe, I'm not sure if it was Darius Dell or somebody else who said it, but they had recently said that this is the first time in history where bonds and equities um, were declining simultaneously because typically when when equities aka when stocks decline usually the value and appreciation of bonds will increase which when when stocks decline typically people would buy bonds because they're safer but also uh that asset would be uh increasing in value and then it would be vice versa obviously but now you know people don't know what to do because both bonds and equities are declining at the same time. So it's just like, where do you invest your money in order to get a decent return or in order to just protect the wealth that you have right now currently? So yeah, I guess that's where you get into all the crypto crap and, and all of that, but who knows? But anyway, yeah, 
the world of bonds is 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 quite interesting. There's a lot to it. Um, there's a whole lot to it. Um, because honestly, when people talk about it, I used to think that there was just only savings bonds. You would always hear about like, you know, older people leaving their grandkids or great grandkids savings bonds. And it's just like, well, what the hell is a savings bond? And it's just like, you don't even, those are just like more for everyday people. But yeah, there is a whole world of bonds and there's a lot that goes on in that world, uh, both good and bad. And just a, well, I guess it's not a fun fact, but just an interesting tidbit is some of these bonds actually pay for sidewalks. Some of these bonds actually pay for hospitals and schools. And some of them pay for toll roads. And obviously some of them pay for paving uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, laying asphalt or whatever the hell it's called. But yeah, some of those bonds are, are municipal bonds. So it comes out of taxpayers, uh, checks. So yeah, man, um, that's just a, some, a little bit of random information about, about bonds and the various types of bonds and how they work. Um, other than that, man, um, Maybe I'll go into details in the next couple of episodes about just some of the various types of bonds and how they work. Um, because again, that's something that I'm studying right now anyway. So I need to I need to absorb as much of this information as possible to really understand it. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of bond issues. And when I say issues, I don't mean like problems. I mean like companies and governments will issue bonds meaning they will they will allow people to buy bonds so yeah it is interesting and as far as like you know the whole federal reserve and what they're trying to do or what they're gonna do it is going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds everybody's just yelling recession 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 and that the percentage is increasing you know, uh, over time and maybe by 2023, we'll get a recession, blah, 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 this and that. Um, either way, regardless of whatever risk assets you purchase, there's only but so much that you can do to try to mitigate risk. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's funny how we're all trying to dodge you know, losing money in our portfolios, but it's almost impossible to dodge when we're in situations like we are right now with them, with the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates and manipulating the bond market and, you know, just putting investors in panic mode, you know, where we get these large sell-offs and it's just like, okay, if all the top hedge funds if all the, you know, if all the one percenters own, you know, the same, you know, eight to 10 stocks, and those are, you know, just heavily weighted in their portfolios, and they sell off a whole shit ton of those because of some not so good data from earnings reports, or because interest rates have increased, 
So they're trying to anticipate something. It's like, what can you do to mitigate that? What can you do to stop that? Nothing. What are you going to do? You're going to go to cash? Okay. Now you got cash just sitting under the mattress. Uh, What are you going to do? You're going to buy bonds? Good luck with that because the bond market is just taking a shit right now. Um, So you're not really getting, you're not really getting much, you know, you might be getting a few percentage points or a few basis points, you know, uh, semi-annually or whatever, but it's just like, man, we're all buying the same assets. We're, you know, people that want to rotate, uh, you know, some of their holdings and stuff. It's like, it's all the same nonsense. So there's not much that you can really do, honestly, other than stick to your strategy. Um, so yeah, but, uh, anyway, I'm about to eat some dinner. So I'm about to wrap it up here. Got more episodes on the way. If you appreciated this episode or got anything from it, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Um, Shout out to everybody who listens in, man. Like I said, more episodes on the way. So as usual, you already know who it is. I'm not going to say it again. I'm out.